extra, 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 welcome to Revolutionary Podcast Utena, where one kind of expert and one total newbie watched Revolutionary Girl Utena and talk about it for your entertainment. Hi, I'm Randy. And I'm Jared. Hey, Jared. How are you doing? I'm a go guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You're extra. Well, that seems right. That seems I'm on do- brand. I'm doing great, you know, in the, the time the time of things. It's the new year. Yes. It's the new it, year. I, I, got, I got boosted with a vaccine. Yes, you know? same here. Got mine on New Year's Eve. Wow. Happy New Year. Every day is a new day whenever you're listening to this, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And it's actually a very special year because now we're in the year of the 25th anniversary of Revolutionary Girl Utena. Yes. I've heard that there are websites out there that have already put up some articles about it. I believe Crunchyroll uh, put up like a, an article about it celebrating the 25th anniversary, saying that Revolutionary Girl Utena is one of the best psychological anime ever. Hmm interesting mm-hmm. so that's why <laughs> i can't make this joke because i i currently don't go to therapy but if i did i'd say my therapist shows this to me every time <laughs> <laughs> baby <laughs> baby you gotta drop that in there oh boy well that's exciting i'm um i should really get to editing these and getting them out i think what i'm gonna do uh we only have a few more sessions to go after this but i think my plan is to edit together the entirety of the student council arc and then drop that all at once and then put out the uh, Black Rose and uh, so on and so forth out like one at a time. So that way Mm. people will get a big chunk at once and then we'll put the other ones out, I don't know, a week or two apart. I'll try and have a a backlog. So I'll have, here's the thing, I'll have more time to edit this show when we're not watching and recording this show. (laughs) So... Yeah, we we don't usually do podcasts like this, and um, it's probably going to be a good thing if however you look at it. So yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I think it'll be a lot of fun. This show isn't a sort of interactive thing with with listeners, which I think it's it's nice to have that. I certainly do it for my other show, but for this, I think it also works to not put the show out until it's done because. Uh, I don't want you getting spoiled, you know? I don't want people reaching out to you on Instagram like, hey, I love your show. Can't wait till you see this episode where this happens. Yeah, with the theme of, like, this, what this podcast is, like, you know, one experienced kind of expert and a total newbie, um, it makes sense that we've done it this way. And I guess there's something we can kind of tease. We've talked about when we get closer to, like, the last session um, or after the last session is to have uh, to reach out to the anime community, which is basically the entire world at this point, mm-hmm. and uh, ask them for their questions they can send in. We can do some answering of some sort so yeah yeah it'll be a lot of fun there's a lot of fun things we can do with this besides just watching the show and and, and the movie and stuff i mean i don't want to go over mm-hmm. too much besides all of that because that's that was the intended scope of this podcast and yeah. that'll be that but i'm like i'm curious what the we all look at ourselves as like as anime fans and, and wondering like so like, what i'm wondering is like how this show has shaped some individuals out there like their mm-hmm. perspective on anime and, and uh the reception to other series after this that might have had some twists and turns and psychological elements and stuff like that absolutely um, i'd like to know because this series has not been in my my background but you know i could list off you know probably like five shows that you know were psychologically thrilling to me or or really affected how i have shaped up as an anime fan to nowadays so 
I'd, it's, I'd like to know, you know, how this kind of sits with people who watched this over the years. That'd be one of my things I'd like to know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It'll be exciting, and I can't wait to get there. But yeah. for right now, we still have some episodes to watch, which we just did. So now we have to talk about them, of course. And hopefully this isn't your first episode, but I'm going to go through the uh, <laughs> premise anyway. We're going to be going through the entirety of Revolutionary Girl Utena, the show and the film, uh, we are not going to be talking about spoilers for anything past where we watched because Jared has not seen it yet, and that would be unfair to him. So each episode, we're talking about the show that we just watched, nothing further, and that'll be that. If you'd like to watch the show with us, which I recommend you do, so that way you're fresh to it and you know what we're referencing, what we're talking about, uh, it's pretty easy to watch. You can find it all on Nozomi Entertainment's YouTube channel, uh, except for the film. Uh, same thing for Crunchyroll and Funimation. They've got the TV show, but not the movie. Uh, but you can also, of course, support the show even more by buying the Blu-rays or DVDs released by Nozomi Entertainment, uh, and you can buy those on Right Stuff or Amazon or wherever you get your anime. Uh, and with that out of the way, we're going to jump into the first of the three episodes we're talking about today, which is episode 31, Her Tragedy, which aired October 29th, 1997. Jared, could you tell us what happened in this one? Yeah, I was looking up how much the movie costs. Oh, it's part <laughs> of the, it's part of the season three Blu-ray, so it's included with that. Ah, okay, you're right. Well, <laughs> I'm not going to click it because I want to avoid spoilers. Yeah, but... do not click that. I beg of you. But It'll that, ruin that the season... entire show. That season three Blu-ray does cost more. Of course. The artwork, the artwork alone is scandalous. i got to minimize oh, this page. Oh, no! Okay, uh, let's see. Where were we at? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know. All right, episode 31, Her Tragedy. Uh, when Natami learns that she and Toga are not actually blood siblings, her world crumbles because she defines herself by her relationship to her brother. She runs away and spends the night in Akio's tower, but is traumatized when she sees Anthe and Akio together. This episode was storyboarded by Hiroshi Nishikiori, who previously and would futurely work on Azamanga Dayo, A Certain Magical Index, Love Hina, An Outlaw Star, amongst other things. It was directed by Yukio Okazaki, who worked on the 90s Berserk TV series, Death Note, Hellgirl, Helsing Ultimate, and Naruto. And it was written by Ryota Yamaguchi, who worked on Blue Exorcist, Metabots, Ranma One Half, and Sailor Moon. And animation supervised by Akemi Hayashi, who worked on Cashier and Sins, uh, Gunbuster 2, Die Buster, Gurren Lagan, Oran High Host Club, and Rurouni Kenshin. Uh, and we have uh, some director's commentary from series director Kunihiko Ikuhara, who had this to say. There was once a girl who said, when I grow up, I'm going to marry daddy. I wonder who she actually ended up marrying. Blood relationships are the only relationships we have where people want us exactly as we are. To a child, the daddy who affirms everything about her is her prince and the world itself. So the words, when I grow up, I'm going to marry daddy, mean the same thing as I'm going to make the whole world mine. However... In the process of becoming an adult, there comes a moment for each of us when we're rejected by the world. The person we are so in love with dumps us. The school we wanted to go to so badly doesn't let us in. The career we were trying for doesn't pan out. Everyone has a moment like that. And that's okay. There's no such thing as something which mustn't be lost. Everyone has the freedom to love someone or something. We are free. We mustn't forget that. So... This episode, as we saw in the uh, episode preview, was going to heavily feature Nanami. And as per usual, we figured that would come with a certain tone, um, some certain hijinks, and some other such things. But I think this one panned out a bit different, right? Yeah. 
It did, and you never know what you're going to get with Nanami. Uh, sometimes, <laughs> no. yeah, sometimes we get like a serious tone. It's usually in like the uh, Suabuki episodes mm-hmm. when it's more or less just a Nanami episode. They're very silly. Um, but yeah, we got we got some heavy stuff in this. <laughs> uh, yeah, we did. I mean, that's just putting it lightly. So right. I'm pulling up my notes here because, of course, they disappeared exactly when I needed them. Of course. So this episode was like goes back and forth from being so kind of lighthearted, and then it gets to like pretty heavy stuff. Now, like lighthearted is what I'm thinking of as like Nanami being like her typical self, um, being gullible, and like stealing Toga's phone. You yeah. know, he's, like she steals his phone, which is so childish and. I mean, usually it represents trust issues and other things. <laughs> right. Um, in this case, it's like she's kind of protecting her own, like, fragile shell. Uh, but she's also deflecting all of these lovers uh, that Toga has. Um, mm-hmm. She's, like, answering the phone saying, yeah, he's dumped you, don't you know? <laughs> Didn't she get the hint? Yes. But it's, it's such, like, a sad, pathetic thing, too. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, we understand. I... I I think she kind of secretly knows that to herself, um, but that just keeps happening. And there's like a lot of weird sibling uh, misunderstandings with her. Um, the show doesn't shy away from like nailing in that fact that like she's got a pretty strong thing for her brother. Right. Um, and as much as they try to paint it sometimes as like a sibling love, like it's it's obviously clear. Like she keeps blushing and staring at him there was like a lot of staring scenes in this episode there was a point where you had brought up i didn't pause this uh and that's when uh he's getting up he's like i'm gonna go take a shower want to come shower with me yeah and it's just frozen for a long time and i didn't think you paused it because the beautiful thing with cell animation is you can usually still tell Um, yep there's always some movement or at least for old-timey stuff like this you can see the film grain still moving around so, I mean, I, and I appreciate that, too, with the old animation stuff. Um, mm-hmm. we, we just kind of, like, have these moments, and it it helps to define that... Let's see. What, I mean, what was it that brought Nanami into... She finally figures... Is this the... She finally figured it out in this, right? Yeah, that, where she's trying... To, she's doing a uh, compatibility test, and it says that people who share blood type B, those relationships never work out. And, of course, she wants to, you know, uh, be with Toga. Um, but, of course, like, they're both type B because dad is type B, mom is type B, she's type B, so he's type B. But he, she asks, and he doesn't answer. But he, she just assumes. And then later on, the her friends are doing the thing. And they ask, and she's like, oh, he's type A. And uh, they're like, oh, how does that work? And she's like, well, dad's type B, mom's type B, I'm type B, and he's type A. And they're like, two type B parents can't have a type A child. She goes back and looks through all of the photos and all the photos she has like of her throughout the years, but nothing of him before he was like... I don't know, six, seven or something like that. There's nothing of him as a baby. Mm-hmm. So she assumes, oh no, he's adopted and we are not related at all. Right. I skipped over taking notes on that particular scene. I, I couldn't remember quite when it happened. I, I uh, was more focused on like the sweet lightheartedness and then suddenly like the shift. Right. Um, like Nanami was even challenging like Utena to a duel of love. Like I, I actually like accentuated that in my notes. Oh, um, when like, she 
falls yeah. down the stairs is saved by Akio and then oh, he charms yeah. her and then they go out on a walk together and she's like, yeah. well, let's see who falls in, who gets him to fall in love with us first. Yeah. And that stuff that I know I kind of back backtracked there a little bit, but it also That's is important fine. because it's built, it's building up on like, there's two things happening here. There's this stuff happening between Nanami and Akio. Mm-hmm. Uh, not me, like you know, just like any other woman who walks into that house, that phallic tower, yeah, um, starts to become attracted to him, and then you've got also running parallel is this like revelation to Nanami that they're probably not related, uh, Toga and Nanami. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also made a note that. The funniest thing in this series so far is when Akio says he wants to turn the residents into a harem. And <laughs> yeah, it just probably, kidding. It probably isn't the funniest thing so far, but I laughed pretty good at that. <laughs> yeah, like, for sure. That, that was hilarious because that's what it is. <laughs> it's definitely a harem. Any any woman that walks in there basically ends up like sleeping with him. So, yep. I don't think there's been a single woman that's walked in there that he hasn't <sighs> tried to put the moves on or has actually done it done the nasty with. Oh. And was this the episode with Kanai at the beginning? Um, I can't. I think that was the next one. No, that was the next one. Sorry. So yeah, I'm just like, it's a two parter. So they're kind of bouncing around, and I was really right. focusing on everything. It was really good, but uh, yeah, this one uh, I will you know to help differentiate. This one ends with her sleeping with Utana and then needing to go use the bathroom, and then walks right. in on Akio and Anthe, uh, and that's how that ends. Yes, I do remember that. Um, it was quite the reveal, right? That yeah. Nanami sees that. We already knew some weird stuff was going on. So. <laughs> right, we as the audience did, but nobody in the series really knew anything. Which is interesting, because Nanami has always kind of been the most oblivious to anything happening. She's palling around at the student council, mostly just because that was she's taking her brother's place, and it's a status symbol to like be doing that and everything else that's been going on she's just kind of been having her own adventures and being oblivious but here she is being the only one the first one to really see what's happening here right and the scene where toga admits that he's not nanami's brother mm-hmm. is uh there's like no defending it it's like this quick it's like another quick quiet moment uh for like what five six seconds and then he's like so you finally found out not yeah. just not just like oh no it's it's a misunderstanding so, you know, and Akio was there. A lot of the times when we have reveals in this series or something, Akio's not always there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because it's like you're wondering if he's pulling the strings or if this is an Anthe thing. But I think they were all there for this. So it's quite the quite the shocking revelation. Right. So, um, but not as shocking as, right, finding Anthe. Anthe, like that, the amount of detail that went into that, like the shot of Anthe and everything was, was mm-hmm. really impressive, honestly. Like a lot of time was put into like that drawing of her and stuff. So yeah, um, they were, they're definitely being uh, pointed with that. A- absolutely. They wanted you to know that this is important by spending the time that they took to really elevate those illustrations. Yeah. They've been doing that a lot lately. It's not just like a one-off they've, there's been, there have been certain frames like there have been certain moments. I don't remember if it's this episode or the next one with Nanami in her face. Like there was like a realization in her face, or she was looking up, and uh, the you could you could just see it that they animated like so many cells, like so many frames, just for her face revelation. Oh, now I remember the one you're talking about. Yeah, it's very smooth. Yeah, there's a lot of that stuff. A lot of single frames. Um, there's a lot of stuff of Utena, like recently where. 
Mm-hmm. You know, they're drawing a lot. It's like high quality, just keyframes. Um, I think the show has kind of stood out at times with those things, but as it's continued into like these later arcs, it's been even more so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you have any more notes about episode thirty-one? Because I know this one gets kind of tough yeah. because it's a two-parter. Yeah, not really. Most, it, you know, it just all carries over to the next episode. Okay. Well, then let's uh, cover that here too, um, mm. so that way we can really talk about everything. Uh, episode thirty-two is the Romance of the Dancing Girls, which aired on November fifth. 1997. Uh, Jared, can you tell us what happened in this uh, second part to this two-parter? Nanami is terrified of what she saw last night and broken by Toga's betrayal. She cannot help but connect Anthe and Akio's relationship to her own feelings for Toga. Toga presses Nanami on whether her true feelings for him are the same as Anthe's uh, for Akio. To prove that she is not like Anthe, Nanami challenges Utena to a duel. This episode was storyboarded by two people. Uh, Jun Matsumoto, who worked on Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex. Uh, Roroni Kenshin, Trust and Betrayal, those OVAs, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as uh, Dragon Ball Z movies 10, 11, and 12, which is the second Broly movie, the third Broly movie, and the Fusion Reborn film. Um, second person was Shingo Kanako, who worked on the original Full Metal Alchemist, Blood Plus, Laidback Camp, and Soul Eater. Um, it was episode was also directed by Shingo Kanako, written by Ryota Yamaguchi, the same guy as part one, and animated animation supervised by Masahiro Aizawa, who worked on Del Toro Quest, Hell Girl, The Woman Called Fujiko Mine, and a butt ton of Pokemon movies. <laughs> uh, Ikuhara's own director commentary for this episode is as follows. As a child, I tried to run away from home several times. Usually it was for trivial reasons, like my parents throwing away a manga I loved or a plastic model. I wanted a place to belong, and I believed that place was somewhere else. Everyone needs to hear someone say, nobody else will do, it has to be you, sometime in their lives, even if it only happens once. Just once is enough. As long as you can feel sure those words were sincere, you can live through anything, no matter how painful. She's seeking those words, too. So, we might have talked about some things that happened in this one in our first part because this is a two-parter and it's hard to keep a track but um what do you have for for notes here that we can talk about the first striking thing is that how toga is treating it so i made a comment when we were watching episode 31 that when toga admits that he's not nanami's brother Mm -hmm. um that i was kind of hoping he would be harsh in that moment just to like you know kind of twist the knife a little bit um right for some reason i felt you know it's like uh, i don't want to see nanami hurt but uh since the series is going with it, it's like, oh man, how like far can they break her? Yeah. Um, could this be like the first like true mental breakdown or something mm-hmm. uh, with a character? I know we've seen certain elements of that in other characters in this series, but like this could be something that like she truly breaks or something. Uh, but we didn't really see it until this episode um, where he's meeting with, I believe it's Keiko. Right. Uh, who we don't know who it is at first because he's standing in front of her so from the camera. So we just see her behind him in an embrace. Right. But as far as we knew, it was just another average girl that's always right. hanging out with him. Uh, One of the and, swarm, as they call them. Yes. And he's just like saying some harsh shit about Nanami. <laughs> and, uh, of course, she's not my real sister. Why would I want to hang around with a dull, common, boring girl like her? Exactly. And that he was pretending because, what was it, their, their, their dad her, told me to. The father said it. Uh, all at the same time, we had some 
symbolism um, with Anthe with a water faucet. Yes. Like she couldn't get the water to stop. And she's just such like a, it's always like, I still feel like she's maybe like that puppet master type character or something's mm-hmm. going on. Cause like she was totally in control of some of the, uh, the manipulation of, of um, Nanami's feelings. Mm-hmm. And then like, she can't stop the, the faucet in the end and it's overflowing. And that's when Nanami's like truly, you know, broken yeah um, man so that scene was striking so yeah i guess i got what i wanted but it was done <laughs> a little bit differently than i expected i thought he was going to do it in front of everybody but i guess like we're, re- we're trying to still reserve any kind of harsh realization away from utena mm-hmm. so you know we can't paint any bad pictures around her it seems i mean we she's, can have uh... like she's an akio world currently so right, right. she's unbothered we can we can have some like major slapping sessions of Anthe. We can we can have some pretty dark stuff happen with all of these different characters and all throughout the duels and all of these things that Utena witnesses. But it's like she just it doesn't seem like the reality of some of that stuff has hit her. And I think that's like been true since the first episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's just you know the story structure keeping a lot of this stuff away. But even like this revelation she still says things to nanami like oh i don't have a brother or i don't have a sibling i wish i did like that doesn't help nanami like at all no it just doesn't like she's still like oblivious to other people's feelings sometimes she just Um, kind of says the things that people want to hear to like for comfort versus offering real good uh advice uh, cause yeah, it's like that whole thing. Like, oh, it's not, you know, he'll come back to you. Like you guys are family. You'll always love each other. Like, well, mm. I'm dealing with some shit right now and I'm kind of doubting that. I made a note that at this point is when the show is starting to get pushed into a, a new psychological gear. Just some weird. Well, yeah, there's just, there's some like weird looks like going on. So like, I don't know, let's say we've got Anthe. Anthe has that like reflection in her glasses all the time now. Mm-hmm. Um, getting some weird looks from her. Uh, we had Kanai with Akio. Yeah. And I don't know what's up with her, but she looked like she was out of it. And then there was like an apple with a bunch of forks in it. And I'm like, what is going on? Um, uh, or I'm maybe not... if that's like sim- symbolism to her, then like there's no, stuff. Uh, it's hmm? um, so what <laughs> I want to make sure that we don't talk about things that happen later on and I but I just want to make sure that we don't gloss over information that they're trying to tell us with the visuals of what is happening without yeah. it being a spoiler. Um, do you remember the things that's going on with the chairman because Akio is the acting chairman that he is just mysteriously gone either from an illness or I'm not really sure. Okay. I want to say I'm pretty sure that they've hinted at what his deal is. Um, are you comfortable with me sharing if it's because I'm pretty sure it's something that's happened already, or at least it was mentioned? I'm not sure. So, the, like the last I knew about the chairman, so it'd be Kanai's father. So we saw the mother in like the last session that we recorded. Yes. Um, they. I don't know if they actually implied about the dad there, uh, but the last I knew is that he was still sick. Um, but that's all I know. But I've also missed things along this first viewing, so I wouldn't be surprised. Okay. Um, I believe it might have been with that conversation with Kanai's mother, um, but Akio has been keeping the chairman sick, so that way he can stay in charge. He's poisoning him gotcha. to keep him out of the way. Um, right. I, probably, and... I do remember that scene. I, I think I probably okay. missed that detail. Yeah. 
I'm pretty sure the whole point of the apple with the forks and the blank stare in her face and him feeding her is uh, that apple is poison, and he is trying to keep her out of his hair now. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that way there's no one in the way of him being in charge of the school. Oh, yeah. Right. As uh, Utena, Anthe, and uh, Nanami are just chilling outside, and Anthe is like, oh, he's busy uh, with Kanai. Here, let me make some uh, shaved ice for us. Uh, To which then, of course, uh, Utena's like, oh, let me check to see if Kanai wants some. And uh, Anthe gets a... You know, for the one of the few times, very assertive, like, oh, no, don't go bothering her. It's fine. You just leave her alone, and I'm going to make us some shaved ice. So right. Anthe is, is definitely in on the take here of what is happening and what her big brother is up to. Right. Yeah, yeah. It, like, I definitely knew he was doing something to her. I just didn't know if it was... Right, right. Quite with the food, or right, if that was a metaphor, but obviously something bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, whoever hangs out with him long enough, something bad tends to happen. Right. And uh, now we've got Anthony with a big old saw. Yeah. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't, like, it just seemed like that was, like, more imagery towards Nanami. Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because this is after the big reveal of what's been going on, but she knows about it. She hasn't told anybody else, and she's just uncomfortable with the situation and like being around there. We got some really, we got like another car scene, right? So, like, Nanami, she gets mm-hmm. a call from End of World, which was kind of funny because it was a girl's voice at first, I believe, and then it switched to Akio's voice mm-hmm. saying that he's End of World. You're like, okay. And then um, she goes to toga and then gets picked up in the car yeah and that like, crashes Whoa. through the window <laughs> oh my god yes and there's some like discussion happening i believe it was in the car uh oh man see i'm not sure sometimes i take the notes out of order but akio okay right akio said that it's the reality that nanami wants to see and something about a labyrinth so like like what does it's you know if, i think it's like painting this picture of we've had i've had some theories along the way and right. if this is actually happening then it's actually happening but if it's not then it's like not a me creating her own reality of like what's happening and it's it's kind of strange it could just all be just akio with you know mysterious things that he's saying mm-hmm. um, just to lead you on but i i'm not sure if you had anything to say on that car scene so um yeah because uh, she brings up that she saw something and she doesn't even want to say what it was because it's right. so disgusting. Akio just laughs and says like, oh, what you saw was just, you know, something that you can only see with your point of view from what you know of the world. But things are oh, yeah, yeah, different yeah. where I'm going to take you and it changes it, like, you know, your entire outlook on things. That makes uh, sense. Yeah. I forgot that piece of it. Right. Right. Well, the car scene happened. And... Right. We do our flip. Oh, God. The flip is so good. <laughs> the song as it starts is so good. Um, the sound effects, everything is so just, it's just so funny. <laughs> uh, so we get a duel, right? Between right. Nanami shows up. She slaps Anthe after she's beaten oh. up her previous friends when they were like, we're not going to listen to you anymore. I'm sure you're bummed because we can't do your bidding. What are you going to do about it? So she beats the snot out of them. Oh, yeah. Uh, man. So she gets the sword pulled out of her. And as you pointed out, there's just one sword now. Right. Toga is her bride for this. And he pulls out just one single sword rather than the, the sword and dagger she's always used in previous duels. Right. And she is, like, super emotional. So you get, like, a really decent fight of emotional it's like not it's not so technical this time right um 
but just like strong power. And she she knocks Utena down. Like I thought there was going to be this moment of, oh man, finally an upset in the duel arena. <laughs> um, but of course the power of the prince comes down from up above. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, Utena just wins again. So yeah, I I was hoping for an upset. I, I sometimes do. I sometimes wish there was something like a surprise that would happen in these duels. Right. Um, I mean, not too often does it happen. Generally how Sailor Moon works, we always have the, the fight and oh no, and then, but I'm just going to use my, the one attack that I have, and then I'm just going to win, and that's going to be the end of that. But like, rather than it being a monster of the week that's defeated here, it's just kind of, there are duelists like Nanami who <sighs> recently has been hindered by something that's making them, that's stopping them. It's the wall that's stopping them from growing. And here it was like in their fight, she's remembering Toga and being hesitant from, you know, moving on from uh, their current relationship. And then of course, then she, she loses. So, right. uh, yeah, I mean, it's not going to be an upset, which is, you know, it would be a fun twist, but like, you know, what, what would happen <laughs> then? Anthe would be married to Nanami and then what is she going to do? Well, I, I know, but I think you know. that right, right. They wouldn't actually show her get the power to revolutionize the world because something would happen, and then Anthe would be released back again to Atena. But it would have been nice for some manipulation to happen with Toga, like unexpectedly. For some reason, I just like wanted him to become like Nanami's pet or something, <laughs> like <laughs> like just like mentally. Like I, I I was hoping this show would. I don't know if I'm about to get this or if I'm just experiencing it the way the way I am so far. I but I was hoping just to see like some psychological breakthrough. I'm not sure why I think of this, but when I think of it like an anime, I think of like Asuka from Evangelion, like a, a, a real just like breakdown moment mm-hmm. or something. Um, I think of certain moments like that. So I I mean the show might go completely differently than that, but um, just hope it do for- have. Six whole episodes of of things to come to a head. Yes. And it it definitely seems like right now, it seems like everything is coming to almost like a head. There's there's almost something. Everything's narrowing down to like one point of like a psychological show. So like it's Mm -hmm. definitely getting there. I feel like I've said the word psychological too many times. Let's (laughs) let's think what's in the cerebral 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 (laughs) psychological. Uh, where's Choo Choo? We need we need him. Choo Choo is stuck in the jam. Yeah, we need we need more. No, I think we're past the lighthearted comedy mostly, right? Um, but so the duel ends. All that stuff happens. Toga, Toga, um, is rolling like around rolling in bed ar- with Akio again. Oh man, yeah, yeah, and 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 Akio's like, oh, you're you're just such a horrible brother. And it's like, wait, wait, what? And then Toga's like, yeah, Donnie and I were both adopted as siblings. Like, we're related. But I'm just going to keep it a secret for, for the romance of it all. Yeah. I'm like, oh, God. What a piece of shit. <laughs> oh, why? Like, why do you have to do this? And it's already, con- <laughs> to me, it's um, it's already confusing enough that, like, it's like, okay, I believed the series that you were not related. But right. I thought it was I thought it was silly how it was revealed. With the blood type thing. Yep. And then you've got the moment when, you know, Nanami confronts Toga and he just like doesn't deny it. And mm-hmm. then you have all of these like manipulative ploys of, of um, Nanami seeing Anthe and Akio together. So 
you have all of this like emotional manipulation and I, I appreciate it all. I was just like, no, like don't actually go back to them being related. It's just, an, but, but then again, it's also pretty good because it just shows how awful Toga is. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my God. <laughs> just an unrepentant piece of crap of just being manipulative <sighs> and just a man whore and oof, <sighs> man. I, what a what a dude. Uh, I just what <laughs> why? Like why does it have to be like that, Randy? Because people need to suffer. This is the show where the people suffer. <laughs> Great. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh I'm sorry you came here for the um the mag- the magic and the duels, but we, we're here to make Nanami suffer. <laughs> Talking about how terrible Toga is just reminds me when we had looked it up before in the first arc where we talked about there's way too much slapping of Anthe and it's it hurts my feelings and I don't like it. Yeah, um, it, that did suck, yeah. Uh, but we looked up that, that somebody had done a, a slap count and it was the person with the least amount of slaps is Toga at negative one because he stopped somebody else from slapping her. He's a feminist after all. Like, n- Fuck you for writing that, because Toka is the worst. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it's hilarious, but also like, oh, man, this this douchebag. Ugh. Uh, well, Ooh. anything else you got on that? I think it was a decent two-parter. I think the series does a pretty good job at two-parters. Yeah, um, I think it really shines in those. Except for, <laughs> except for like the Miki... Is it Kozuei episodes? Yeah. I don't really care about that, but um, a lot of them are strong. Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but um, well, we yeah. don't have another two-parter here. But if you want, we could take a break and we could talk about the third episode we watched. That sounds good. All right, we're gonna take a break. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back for our final episode, and this one is going to be. Episode 33, The Prince Who Runs Through the Night, which aired November 12th, 1997. Jared, what's this one about? The Shadow Play Girls host a bizarre radio show that frames a recap of the most recent duels. Meanwhile, Akio brings Utena to an amusement park, and what happens between them forever changes her feelings about Akio, Anthe, her prince, and herself. This episode was storyboarded by Mamoru Hasoda, who worked on Wolf Children, Summer Wars... Girl Who Leapt Through Time, so on and so forth, was directed by Toru Takahashi, who worked on Azamanga Dayo, Death Note, the Devil May Cry anime, and A Woman Called Fujiko Mine, uh, written by, hey, it's our old buddy, Yoji and Okido, who worked <laughs> on uh, Bungo Stray Dogs, Evangelion, Razafon, Redline, and Sailor Moon, uh, animation supervised by Shinya Hasagawa, uh, who worked on Azamanga Dayo, Digimon Movie 2, the Hasoda one, uh, Evangelion 3.0, uh, original Neon Genesis Evangelion, Reader Die Ova, Sailor Moon, Sorcerer Hunters, um, and also animated by Hiroshi Nagahama, who worked on Birdie the Mighty Ova, Fruits Basket, uh, and The Record of Lodas War Ova. Uh, and then we've got our director commentary from Ikuhara again for our final episode of the arc. Uh, it has to be a weird one as usual. This is just between you and me, but when I was 14, I listened to late night radio after my family fell asleep. I liked this one female DJ's sexy voice. 
However, one night, radio waves from a UFO came between us. <laughs> Multiple choice. Which of the following is eternal? One, a diamond. Two, a beautiful memory. Or three, canned peaches. Hmm, I feel like I heard this on a TV commercial at some point. Uh, d- diamonds are forever. Suddenly, the radio switched back to the sexy woman's voice. You ought to be ashamed of yourself, young man. Huh? And that was our commentary for that one. <laughs> Where, where uh, does this commentary come from again? Like on a, a, a special release of the series or something? Um, at least for in America, it comes with uh, the special collection of the entire series on Blu-ray. I believe it came out in a similar fashion for the Japanese <laughs> release. Um, but yeah, <sighs> these are just tiny little bits that were given uh, for it. Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> Always the UFOs that show up in the season finales. Like, I wonder if this guy, I wonder if he actually thinks he was... <laughs> with aliens a lot or something. <laughs> he's a strange man. I wouldn't put it past him. Or, or maybe it's just like his own inside joke and he's like, it's an UFO. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Bl- exactly. Blame anything and everything about human relationships that don't work out and sadness and death and everything. It's, it's a UFO. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So this was a arc uh, finale, which of course happened to be a recap episode, but of course it can't just be a straight recap episode. We have to pepper it in with actual important things. Um, like you brought up uh, that Akio brings Utena to an amusement park and uh, things happen. So uh, what are your notes right. here? What are your thoughts on this episode? Well, I'm glad that I had you with me on this one because there was stuff I was focusing on at the beginning and I think I missed part of it to piece it together because I I didn't realize that between the different moments that were being summarized that um, that Utena was like recounting her day so mm-hmm. I was a little confused at first because I thought she was randomly talking to herself at first right and then there were things happening like in front of her like uh, I forget what that game is with the black and white um, oh right go I think it was go right but so I was like, oh, wait, she's with somebody. And I couldn't tell if it was Amphi or like, it was confusing. Cause like I, I, the first note I took was I had a question. I was like, is Amphi our narrator at the beginning? Um, I actually don't remember what was being spoken about. Uh, it was a panning shot of the amusement park while we had the um, history of Utana and the prince when she was younger again. Right. Um, but it was a different narration than was before i believe it's still the same i think it's one of the shadow girls that's telling it but it was you know a different delivery than we've had the entire series and then did they show anthe at the end of that because i thought yeah after that we cut to anthe in the uh planetarium area and she's on the phone talking about uh i'm looking at the stars no i don't want to look at the real ones i'm here in the like planetarium area okay yeah something just gave me this weird vibe that Again, she's pulling strings or something's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so that happens. And so as like, I mean, I might as well just like, we might as well just say it that uh, at the end of the episode, you, you made it clear to me that Utena was, you know, if we see Utena, it's from Akio's perspective. And if we see, right. Yep. If, if we, we see, see Akio, Akio it's from Utena's perspective, right. Yep. So I didn't, I didn't pick up on that, but it makes more sense now. So like, again, I thought I was confused. She was talking to herself and then um then we had the scenes with akio uh, in the vehicle pretty much admitting that as he's driving and he take he picks up the phone for that radio show that mm-hmm. like he is end of world is what yep. he's saying i guess i believe that i always thought it would be like a bigger reveal so i'm kind of holding back my realization on that 
Well, one thing that I, it's <sighs> obvious, but for whatever reason in my brain, it never really clicked. Um, we got the story of uh, her meeting the prince again as a child. And of course, like he comes to her and uh, tells her to never lose that nobility and that strength uh, and gives her the ring saying, uh, this one day will bring you to me and we'll be together again. Uh, is it an engagement ring or what have you? Mm-hmm. And we've been explained to throughout the series that uh, the duelists of the school are given the ring by end of the world to be duelists to gain the power to revolutionize the world. And now that we know that Akio is end of the world, him giving her that ring when she was younger wasn't to get married. It was to label her as a duelist in order to obtain the power to revolutionize the world. So it's kind of been a long game that mm-hmm. I didn't really think about before. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like I'm still piecing some of this together mm-hmm. that, that he was the one who gave her the ring. It makes her duelist. Is she always winning? Like, is she so powerful because she's had this passion of eternity or something the longest? Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't compare to maybe the other characters. I think that's a very good observation that she's been the one with the ring and with the drive to have that strength the longest. That makes sense uh, to me. Yeah, the only other characters that I can think of is like the strange, um, that second arc with like Oh, that right, ma- the Black Rose duelist. Yeah, like that that character who has two names. <laughs> Soji Mikage and... Yes. Um, Nemero. Oh, see, there we go. Um, <laughs> Soji had a ring for a long time or, or was like caught up in this stuff for a long time, it seems. Decades. Um, right, but it wasn't the same. So, yeah, so anyways, this, this episode just kind of has these moments back and forth and Akio does not want to answer the questions on the radio, like clearly about like, what is eternal and, you know, Mm -hmm. is it a diamond? Is it this? And then like, what is uh, a miracle? What was a miracle? Right. So, and then we get that, like, finally, like I understood, it started like click more when we saw Utena and it's just her face like in bed. And I'm like, Oh, weird. And now she's talking to herself again. <laughs> right. And uh, cl- then it, and then as it drags on, I'm like, oh, this is like really awkward. It's hella awkward. And then finally, like, yeah. like okay, she's with, before they show like the quick flash of animation, which, or, or like, just the frame really, uh, which mm-hmm. they've been doing a lot of. Maybe it's because they couldn't show too much of this stuff on like screen time. Right. This was a, this was aired in prime time. So uh, there are certain things you can and can't show at prime time. Well, they quickly show that, you know, it was Akio that was with her. And I guess she finally slept with him. Um, well, I mean, I suppose <laughs> I, you know, obviously she's had a thing for him this whole time. But that whole scene is very uncomfortable because, you know, we're again, we're at Akio's perspective. So he is in her face and she is... Uh, babbling about uh, leaving food out and what her plans are to make for lunch tomorrow, and she needs to get back home to make lunch for her and Anthe. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, clearly being under some distress. So um, distress, and she's also she's also doing that thing where she's like questioning her memories. Mm-hmm. That's been happening a lot. Like she's forgetting things, 
And I just don't know if that's part of like being in that tower or if it's being with him or if it's if that's like part of the ploy of like why he brings people there. Um, I don't know. Maybe she's getting poisoned too. like who knows. But like she's getting she can't fully like think. And I don't know if it's because she was so like caught up in her feelings and emotions for him. Um, I mean, I would <sighs> think it's mostly that because here we have yeah. uh, a, a young girl who is being right. clearly um statutory uh with this man <laughs> yes. um and it's a lot of confusing new feelings at that time and also mm-hmm. probably knows this is not good and you'd brought up like that she's been forgetting things lately and i don't think it's so much a some sort of magic spell or anything that akio is working on her but more that she's been infatuated with him for most recent days a couple of that episodes. she's yeah <laughs> that she's been forgetting everything else outside of her thoughts and feelings for him. Um, gotcha. So yeah, it's a confluence of things of, of this scene that is, uh, like you said, very awkward and um, does not make one feel good in one's stomach, I would say. It's uh, it's rough. Yeah, once that was uh, revealed um, that they had slept together, it really, well, changed like the ending of the episode tone for yeah. me because I guess I wasn't expecting it. I mean, I should no. have to some level with like Anthe being possibly like a sister, but probably not. Like, I never really believed that. Um, but you think they're gonna pull that plot twice? They did it with Nanami. They're gonna do that with uh, Anthe and Akio. I don't also know. they're the only two brown people in the show, Jared. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Okay. Whatever. You know what? <laughs> this show. This show, like, does stuff that, hmm, I don't know. A lot of anime likes to, like, pull in, like, brother-sister love. Um, and then it just skirts by it and just doesn't act on it much. And then this right. show is like, yeah, we're just going to go for it. Who we're going to go for it, but it's not going to be, oh, isn't this titillating? Isn't this fun for you? It's mm-hmm. the opposite of that by being like, yeah, we're going to go for it. Also, isn't that kind of fucked up? Yeah. Yeah, and <laughs> Nanami was the only one to see it so far. So. Yeah. Oh, I hope man. you don't feel like I was spoiling anything for you. I just wanted to connect the pieces and be like, look, I don't want to have this be as a prediction from now on. It's very clear that you're brother and sister, and oh. it's not great. I always believed it to some level, but I, it's hard to like fully believe it, because this show is still holding... Like, I still don't know certain things about the series, and I don't right. understand... like. The prince character, if it hasn't been since like the ending of the first arc or the beginning of the second arc, where we saw this moment where Akio is talking about the beneficial whatever um, mm. between him and the prince character, right. and then we have the the duel with Nanami in the episode before, where the prince comes down from the sky again, and usually it's like a shadow or a silhouette, and then this time we actually saw the face really quick. And that looks like it's a character that looks like kind of like Akio, <sighs> not quite like Anthe, but there's the purple hair, mm-hmm. which we always see in the, the summary of the prince thing. But it's like, who is that? Why is that? Is that character? Like, what is this power? And and are these characters fabrications? Like, so it's mm-hmm. like, I didn't really understand, you know, like, it's hard for me to really, like, believe these people as actual characters instead of, like, an entity. Right. Yeah. Um, and then you have, like this character of end of world or end of the world, however we're supposed to reference him. Um, 
it's like is it is it like a destination is it a thing or is it really just Akio it, it, there's like these all of these things kind of like mm, swirl around in my mind about the show right and it's like yeah okay they're brother and sister but are they really and then mm, yeah it, okay okay that's yeah. fair yeah. I, I hope I didn't upset you. Um, no, I, I, I believed it, but at the same time, I kind of just didn't. For some reason, I just was like, oh, yeah, they say they are, but I just don't understand. It's probably just the aliens and the UFO every time just constructing <laughs> some. Of course. I hope this doesn't end with, like, Utena being let down from a UFO, and it was just like an abduction thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm know. not going to tell you either way. It would be ridiculous. It'd be <laughs> just so ridiculous. But yeah, that, man. I guess I didn't. I just, I just didn't like want to believe it, Randy. I know we want. <sighs> it's hard, but there's been so much that I didn't want to. I wanted you to experience these feelings. Because uh, it is what it is, and we're we're gonna be in this together. Uh, Akio just like he screws around with everything, with every like every female that walks, and like apparently males too. Like I don't know Toga, like what's going on? Yeah, with that? he's just like every single walking creature. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna go for it. He's probably I, I just <laughs> I just don't get him. <laughs> uh, oh, like, what is man. his complex all about? I wonder. Oh, um, Toga? I mean, we had... No, I mean, uh, Akio. Akio. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, mm. also Toga, because we had the duelists come back, and I'll have a duel through this arc, but Toga didn't. He's He was a bride for one, but he wasn't... Uh, he would. He did not duel Utena again. Not since episode thirteen has he fought her. To- Toga has become like the character of like the the buddy buddy to Akio, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or he thinks he is. And uh, I kind of just enjoyed that Toga came back, even though he's terrible. I I just liked him coming back, right? Because um, I think he's entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> Baby. Baby, you got to throw that in there. <laughs> baby. I've said that around the house a little bit recently. I'm just like, baby. <laughs> um, I mean, I get it. I would say it too, because he's just got such a, <sighs> that sort of tone to him. So, yeah, my last note was that I was kind of actually writing what you explained to me, because you kind of like tied it all together. Mm. Um the perspective thing of the whole episode between the characters. We saw Utena in the end, um, riding in the car, yes. probably after she slept with Akio, I'm guessing. Yep, um, correct. Right. Uh, and that, as you said, she just wanted to have a simple day at the carnival. Um, mm-hmm. But then things... She So she made a comment that she just thought she was delivering roses? Right, I don't know who they were delivering them to. I assume, you know, this... The rose thing is kind of Otori's thing. Anthe grows Anthe, them, so I assume they sell them? It was confusing because Anthe, I thought Anthe was on the phone with Akio asking about roses for the night, but maybe she was talking to Utena. She, she was talking to Akio because at the end of the episode, we have his side of the conversation mm-hmm. talking to her. And she's like, oh, I'm watching the stars. He's like, well, it's a beautiful night. The stars are wonderful. She's like, no, I'm inside. I don't want to look at the real ones. So, yeah. And that's just implying, again, to me, that Anthe has something to do with bringing those characters together or something. Um, right. Because yeah. she sent them to go deliver those roses, and she was going to stay back. And then this is how things turned out when they were alone out of town. It's interesting watching 
a series for the first time, there's certain there's certain series out there where you can watch an episode once and like you've definitely gotten it all. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the, as as we know for anyone who's been listening to this, there's been times where it's been easier to pick up on some stuff in an episode, but then a couple of these episodes, I've definitely missed one or two things as we go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But thankfully, I've got you here, my, my semi-pro. <laughs> right. I mean, I try. I've seen the show through once, and I read a whole bunch of stuff leading up to us watching them, so I feel like I'm marginally knowledgeable, and I'm able to keep an eye out for more things this time around, so I'm trying. Yeah. yeah. Helps to fill in the blanks, just because I didn't, I didn't understand it at first, because um, all it takes for me is as I'm taking a note or something <laughs> and then I just miss like yep. one little line of something and I'm like, wait, like I didn't know why there was a carnival in the background for so long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, why is there a Ferris wheel and why are there lights for like, it was just perspective of his, of like the room at night. It was, it was, <laughs> it was like, what is going on? <laughs> and then of course it was just <laughs> nailed on the head. My wife yep. also says that I miss things like that <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> so, That's okay. We can't be paying attention 100% to everything all of the time. I try. I try. You do. You do really well. Oh, man. Um, and you're an excellent note taker. Oh, thanks. Uh, yeah, well, my very last note was that the uh, Kashira Shadow players were teased for the next episode. Oh, yes, absolutely. We get to, we're, we're going in hard now. We've got six episodes left and we enter the apocalypse arc. <laughs> Sorry. That's, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, <laughs> I don't. Mm. Are we finally going to see them riding around on mm. horses that can fly? Let's see. Let's add that to our list of Jared predictions. It's more of a question. Will they finally ride on horses in the sky? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I saw you you marking off some of my predictions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so our very first one uh, from like episode two is Choo Choo End of the World. Well, no, because now we know that it's for sure Akio. <laughs> <laughs> which that would have been a great twist i know that when i was showing evangelion to a friend of mine in high school we got to pen pen and he's like pen pen's behind it all i'm definitely 100 sure of it <laughs> <laughs> and then of course he continues to go with it like who's the only one that leaves that series unscathed and doesn't get raptured or whatever it's pen pen <laughs> yeah i guess we never really do see pen pen turn into orange goo um <laughs> Puppetry Girls, we're still unknown to that. Um, Mm -hmm. But our next one, End of the World. uh, Are they the Puppet Master? Are they a child? I'm going to put an X next to are they a child because uh, Akio is an adult. Why why am I still just not believing that Akio is End of World? (laughs) I don't know. I'm not sure why. I just don't know if I believe it. I mean, I just don't know if I believe it. (laughs) He said it. And they, like, he said it, but, and I mean, they've been implying it for quite a long time with, like, the phone calls and everything. And mm-hmm. then it's like, oh, that's Akio's voice. It it makes sense. But, like, there's so many weird things with Anthe, and there's still so many questions with the Prince thing that, like, mm-hmm. it's like, I don't know if I believe it. Because I also don't understand what the power is behind End of the, End of the World, so, like, it doesn't make it's not clicking right. you know okay. okay i don't care if they if he said he was like if he even looks at the screen and he's like baby i know that's toga's <laughs> line right but he's like right. baby i'm end of the world i'd be like 
I don't know if I believe anything in this show. There's just something about it that's not letting me like solidify my <laughs> well, beliefs because on there's, it. Yet. There's stuff left to go, so you don't want to settle in because <sighs> you could be turned on your head, and then you'd be just completely blown out of the water. I guess so. Um, we already did the toga being manipulated slash isn't the big bad. Yes. Um, you said before that there were two to three Nanami episodes left, and then we watched one uh, after that. So it's like, okay. And then there was another one or something. So there was only one left to go. And then we had a two-parter. So I'm going to say you were wrong. I mean, there was only so many classic Nanami episodes left. So you were right there. <laughs> so uh, you know what? Actually, I'm going to give wow, it to you. you. I'm going to say that one you got. Oh, thanks. That's nice. <laughs> Ones that we could talk about now is just, will they finally ride horses in the sky? We'll see. We've got six episodes to go, and we'll see. But that's going to be it for this. Thank you so much for listening. We're closing in on the climax of the series, and I can't wait to see the end of that journey uh, with you, Jared, and with you, the listener. It's going to be How so much fun. How many episodes are there? Six. So oh, wow. We don't have any weird two-parters cutting anything up anymore. Um, so we're going to do three episodes next time. And then three more episodes after that, and that'll be it. Until wow. we do the movie, of course. Huh. So, strap in. We're almost done. We're the the end is is within reach. Yeah, I'm at the carnival, and I'm on the roller coaster. <laughs> oh no! So Bad I'm... things are happening later tonight. <laughs> oh no, baby! <laughs> oh okay. baby! I just want to hold on to Choo Choo and be innocent <laughs> forever. <laughs> no, you have to grow up. Even though uh, you live in a place where nobody grows up and nobody gets old. Okay. <laughs> Thank you to our sponsors. Uh, Jared, where can people find you? They can find me on the internet <laughs> by searching hot anime vlogger. All right. Uh, you can find me at saber underscore breaker. Saber underscore breaker. Um, please subscribe to the show. Tell your friends. Post a review. It super helps us out. And uh, come back next time because we've got more episodes to go and it'll be a good time. So check you later, baby. Theme song, Zettai Unmei Moko Shiroku, provided by Astrophysics. You can find their music on Bandcamp and YouTube or follow them on Twitter at Astrosynth.